Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com.
Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Getting It Out Podcast. That was Thanamagus with Beneath Despondent Ash. That's from their new EP, Lie in Wait. It comes out Friday, October 27th, courtesy of Carbonized Records in the U.S. and Seed of Doom Records in Europe. That's death metal inspired by the likes of, uh, let's say, Creator and Dark Angel. Uh, maybe some uh, insanity and immolation thrown in there is what they suggest. And I think, who am I to argue? This is five tracks, really four with an intro that I think anybody who's a fan of death metal is going to enjoy quite a bit. Not always so fast, a little slow it down sometimes. Take your time with your death metal. Enjoy it. It's five tracks and you'll enjoy Lie and Wait if you give it the time and patience Again, everywhere, October 27th, courtesy of Carbonized Records and Seed of Doom Records in Europe. Or if you happen to be in Portland, that's where they're from, you can go check them out wherever headbangers hang. On this episode of the podcast, we're talking more death metal. We're going up to Boston and having a conversation with Mark Whalen of Fuming Mouth. They've got a new record, Last Day of Sun, coming out very soon on Nuclear Blast Records, and we had a lot to talk about. But first... Hot zone. Chicken! Make family out of friends! Make friends out of enemies! Peace to my family! Make friends till they bury all the places we've been! We're never sitting it out! We be getting it in! Where you getting it out? I said all the places we've been! We're never sitting it out! We be getting it in! Where you getting it out? Hello, here we are. Another episode, third one of the week, maybe. Depends when you listen to them. Doesn't matter to you when they come out, huh? Maybe. I don't know. What's your schedule like? How do you determine which podcasts you listen to? I know the way I do it is I pick and choose. I don't listen to every episode of every show that I like. That That is the case for some. I listen to a lot of NBA content. You wouldn't be surprised by that if you're a regular listener to Getting It Out podcast. I listen to a little bit of music stuff. And even every now and then I listen to politics stuff just so I don't feel like a total dumbass. And so I have a little bit of an idea of what's going on. Uh, some news things too. There's been some like heartbreaking shit about the uh, Israeli conflict, uh, whatever we're calling that. I don't know, but uh, I don't suggest listening to those podcasts. Um, it's not fun, but it is uh, informative. And uh, that's not what this is. This is a whole entirely different style of podcast. This is what they call bullshit. And thank you for being here for my bullshit. I love sharing it with you. Of course, being that the NBA season kicked off earlier this week and that the Sixers had their first game last night, you need to hear my thoughts. My thoughts were it was fine. It was okay. A little sloppy to be expected. Sometimes too fast, sometimes painfully too slow, but less slow or should I say not as slow as when James Harden was playing with the team who I hope doesn't get a chance to make him sit make that son of a bitch sit there on the sideline until he has one good game and does a lot of good things then I'll be like yeah he should have been playing all along either way I'm a flip-flopper here this is the life of a Philadelphia sports fan we love him we hate him nobody hates him as much as we do all right. So don't even think if you've ever been annoyed by the Phillies, the Eagles, the Sixers, the Flyers, that you hate them more than the fans do. OK, that's the way it works. 
Anyway, to lose by one to who many are considering the uh, NBA finals favorites, that's fine with me. Okay. Even though, granted, it probably should have been four, it was that DeAnthony Melton heave with literally that one last second uh, to spare, and he banked in the three. So maybe it's a four point loss, but on the board, it's a one point loss to heavy favorites to make it to the NBA finals. All right. Maybe not heavy favorites. The Celtics are up there too. Who, by the way, I watched them play the Knicks the other night. I thought the Knicks were going to pull it off. And Chris Tapp's Porzingis went off. Weird thing. Guys on their first team, guys, let me rephrase that. Guys on in their first game with their first team were having big games. Damian Lillard last night, he put up like 39 or something for the Bucs. I don't even know what Porzingis had. Uh, they were just clutch in clutch moments. Dame time doing Dame time stuff. Pretty annoying, but, uh, you know, that's the way it is. That's what they got them for. And the Sixers got nobody, but they do have Maxi on the rise. And I really liked what I saw from him last night. No surprise there. More time for him to get that ball in his hand. Boy, can that boy shoot. It's impressive. Anyway, enough about basketball. I did start this interview that you're going to hear on this episode talking basketball, but I didn't leave it in. Uh, Mark Whalen and I were discussing Sixers Celtics. And it was really like me saying, uh, I don't like the Celtics and him saying like, well, too bad for you. And me being like, yeah, they're always better than the Sixers and him being like, yeah, that's kind of what I meant. And then we got into the to the hard and heavy uh, on many different levels. Uh, this was a very interesting conversation, a good conversation. Mark was very forthcoming with information about not only the band, but of course, his battle with leukemia that he successfully won. I should say everybody knows that by now, I believe. But if you're not familiar uh, they, he goes into that, but the big news here, of course, is the long awaited second album, Last Day of Sun. It's out next week, November 3rd, via Nuclear Blast Records. It's awesome. Definitely going on my end of the year list, album of the year list. How do we say that? It's up there. It's very cool. Uh, extremely dynamic. It's not just death metal, though he says it is. I say there's a whole lot more to it than that. And uh, you're going to hear some of that. And we should probably do that the easy way by playing you a song from that. Let's play the track, The Silence Beyond Life, and then my conversation with Mark.
Fuming Mouth. You've been doing Fuming Mouth for, what is it, like 10 years? 10 years, yeah. Seems long, does it feel long? Um, yeah, it feels long. I mean, like, there's been a... Yeah, it definitely feels like a long time. At first, it wasn't serious, you know what I mean? And um, when I say wasn't serious, the music was always serious, but taking it to, like, taking it on the road as a touring act, um, taking it, like, you know putting out like good merch that matches it that was never serious so to say there was never merch you know it was all about like uh just putting out good songs and uh you know just playing the venues um the really good venues around here with other good bands that's how it really started so it's hard to say that it feels long in that sense when a lot of times it feels like it didn't become serious and didn't start up until like five six years ago Right, you right. know, yeah. What what was going on in Boston when you started? Like, what was what were the venues? What were the bands? What was happening? You know, at the time in Boston, there were so many touring bands that would come through that were really cool. Um, I know in like 2015, 20 maybe 2014, whenever Carcass had their like uh, Surgical mm-hmm. Steel when that yeah. got released and they did their U.S. tour, like their first one back on that album like that was a big deal you know from like a metal perspective that was huge yeah i remember uh, that one that was a, that was a decibel tour i think maybe yeah um, yeah yeah black dolly murder was on it noisem black dolly murder yes. gore guts yes yes yeah, yes. yeah. dude it is incredible bill and um you know and those decibel tours were like that's when they really grew into what they are now mm-hmm. and uh you know so there was stuff that was stuff like that at the time was happening and then um there was like local bands at the time, like, uh, that were hardcore leaning, um, this band abomination. They're all now in this band leather lung. And, um, that was like huge at the time to see something that like brutal, but also combining like a lot of different genres and stuff. And they weren't the only band. So, um, you know, there was a lot of local bands at that time doing, uh, these like really metal like death metal sounds and um you know innumerable forms was another one that was even though it wasn't super active it was still boston based and Mm -hmm. and it has like members from all over the place was still like uh it, it was one of those things where locally there was a lot going on as far as metal goes and then on like a tour circuit thing we were seeing these like monumental tours yeah. 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 I, I vaguely remember there. Uh, that was like right when my kid was being born or really, real young. I was living in Baltimore at the time. So we were getting a lot yeah. of the same, not the same, you know, being in a major market like that, you would get the same oh, shit yeah, yeah, yeah. coming through. Fuming Mouth seems to be a band that a metal band that the hardcore scene has kind of claimed, which has happened a lot of times throughout. The, so how does that happen? How do you, how does Fuming Mouth end up with like a foot in each world? Um, I would say like, you know, I say it wasn't as serious at first, but it was from like playing live to the live performance to the writing music. Those were the two things since the band started that were very serious. And um, but during those time periods, no one in hardcore liked us. We no one did. No one even more so than metal. You know, I, I couldn't count how many times I would meet someone and be like, oh, yeah, you're like a metal band, right? Or I meet so I'm on the flip side, like vividly remember um this one guy from this band, uh Replicire. 
uh, looking at me and being like, yeah, you're, um, they're on season of miss. And he was like, yeah, you guys are like a hardcore band though. Right. <laughs> like, like the day of like somebody said that after. And when he said that, I was like, dude, this irony is like, I don't even care anymore. Like what <laughs> right. anyone labels us. And then from there on, it was just like, all about Fuming Mouse influences, the bands we like, the bands that, that it was all about making good music. So I guess nothing changed as much as it was like kind of just pushing those ideas out. And I think that's kind of how it happened, you know, like uh, eventually it also flip flopped. And then, um, you know, people in hardcore and hardcore punk were like, oh, damn, Fuming Mouse is actually pretty cool. It has like, you know, <laughs> the, it has motorhead influences, which is like, you know, something that hardcore can take or metal can take. And then I think that that bridge just happened, you know? Yeah, man. Fucking Motorhead's the ultimate crossover band. Everybody, everybody likes them. Everybody takes them. Punk, hardcore, metal, whatever. We all fucking, we all want some Motorhead. They're the most metal band alive. And they're and, also... And, and Lemmy would, would be, would hate hearing that. He's, he'd always say, I'm a rock and roll. This is a rock and roll band. It's not a metal band. I know. And, and to be honest with you, like the day, the day he died, I, in, in my heart, I was like, rock and roll is dead. I am truly, I'm going the lane of metal, like rest in peace. I, I really Man. felt that way. You know, it's funny just speaking of motorhead. I, I, yeah. Cause, uh, November 3rd, actually November, the same day that, uh, that you're putting out your record, they're releasing the 40th anniversary edition of, uh, another perfect day. Uh, no fucking way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I know that because I'm like obsessed with, I don't know if you can, I have these little, uh, well, not little, like these Motorhead 40th anniversary vinyl sets here, like yeah, for, yeah. Every, for every record that's come out so far. So like just in my head, it's like, yeah, you share, you, now you're sharing a release date with Motorhead. <laughs> Dude, and Another Perfect Day is such a special record. The guitars on that are amazing. Yeah, that's the first one without, uh, what's his name? Maybe that's with that. Maybe it's a different drummer. Oh, whatever. Whatever. We don't need to go down the fucking motorhead rabbit hole as much as I'd like yeah, to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, uh, you're banned for a little while, and then everything got it got all fucking shook up. Uh, not yes. only with just the world, with yourself as well. Yes. Uh, you had a leukemia diagnosis. You got through that. So you had that first record, The Grand Descent. Definitely. That comes out. How, how does that? How does that go over? What, who is that? When you're talking about like the hardcore scene, kind of says, "All right, we like this. Let's." Let's put this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the moment. At, uh, we played this hardcore fest um, that Ryan from Gates to Hell has been putting on, working on for years. LDB Festival. We played 2019. And I sat on the microphone like, uh, we got a new record coming out. It's coming out on Triple B Records. And it was like a light switch in everyone's <laughs> That's head. It. That's the coast. Like, yeah. Yeah. It was just like, like I'm serious for hardcore. And um, yeah, man, uh, I, I would say that's that's definitely when it happened. Yeah. So that happens. I don't, I know it comes out in 2019, but is that uh, like later in the year, middle of the year? Um, that came out in June, 2019. But to be honest with you, the record was recorded in uh, winter 2018. We, mm, we had been okay. sitting on it for a long, long time. And um, we had a label that thought was going to put it out. Or originally I was like, self-release it. I do not care. And then a label got interested that fell through. And then um, I had known Sam Yarmouth at Triple B Records for like a while, just both of us living in Boston, going to the same shows. He would book shows um, as well as putting out record. He would do, he, he has and still does so much. So like 
one day he just texted me and was just like, Hey, you want to just put this out on triple B? Cause he knew I was having the issues with the other label. And I was like, mm-hmm. yeah, let's just do it. And it just became such like a simple, easy thing. Nice. Nice. Well, that's cool. And, 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 uh, they, they kind of, or him and triple B kind of has that, uh, what you're saying where like the, where it lit the match. Like if it's going to be on triple, a lot of people are in no matter what, if it's on that label and they've gotten to that status now. And that's, I think that's a very cool thing. And yeah. uh, lately I've been doing a lot of, uh, it, um, label interviews like this, just to, at least I've been doing them once a month, but like when you're on just a certain label, it's like, all right, fuck it. The people are in, I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which usually is a good thing, right? Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. The reason I brought up the, the month trying to pin down the month it was released is because that's 2019. So you didn't even have a full year before, uh, everything got fucked up as far as a uh, pandemic wise. Right. We were on the road nine months into supporting the Grand Ascent, and then uh, we had to come off the road. Yeah. 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 So what happens to the band then? Uh, Just overdrive, just like the opposite of what you would think. It was like I got home and I had this thought because I last day of sun is something that like before we released the Grand Ascent, you know, I, I came up with the idea. I wrote the first riff of the album, the last song, like. I had like it fleshed out and I knew where it was going. So right when we got taken off, taken off the road, it was like, uh, all right, time, time to get working, time to write some new songs, you know? And, um, and then that's kind of how, like, you see, they take what they please and devolve and, um, just, just, just picking up my guitar and just coming up with new riffs, new riffs all the time. How far does that go before you find out that you're sick? Dude, it was like a year. So like, um, it's crazy. Cause, uh, you know, like a year after that, it's like, okay, let's play some shows. So let's get, you could just feel it in the band behind the scenes. It was like, it's time. Let's do this. And as we're figuring that out and you know, I, we wrote all, wrote all this material, a lot last day of some material was written before the pandemic too. the sign of pain was written before it. Um, and like, uh, uh, we booked the time with Kurt Ballou at God city in t- December, 2021. And then three weeks before that, I got diagnosed. I got that, diagnosed with acute myeloid leukemia. I imagine that. I mean, rightfully so probably derails the whole thing. Right. At the time. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah 100%. Cause I was, I was dying and like, yeah, uh, that'll do it. Yeah. Like, like I just remember like shaking and holding on my bed, like just really fighting back dying and like yeah. blood, like bursting in my eye and just being like, fuck, there goes my right eye. And like, um, you know, and then like, I finally got chemotherapy. I'm not kidding. Like the moment I got chemo, it was like, and then I was like normal again. Yeah. It was, it was seriously that black and white. Like, yeah, it really was. Well, that's, that's amazing. Cause you, you know, obviously I only know from hearing from other people, but you hear about the, the side effects and how much, and sometimes people say it gets worse, you know, they get sicker or feel shittier. Uh, maybe that's just a, uh, temporary thing, but I don't know. Of course I have no firsthand experience. No, everyone, everyone's experience is different. Mine was, I was dying and, um, I got the chemotherapy and then I was literally normal again. What made it so difficult is in my case, uh, being diagnosed with leukemia, acute myeloid leukemia. You, um, you have to get a bone. You don't have to get a bone marrow transplant. I don't want to say that because some people don't, but for my, in my case, it would have came back. So I had to get a transplant and get new bone marrow. 
That way, in case it came back, it would just stop the whole thing. That's when things became shitty. Super hard. Long, long bouts of waiting um, and serious, serious recovery. Or the only thing I've ever heard about bone marrow transplant is that it's painful. Is that, uh, is that true? Yeah, it's extremely, extremely, extremely painful. What makes it painful? Um, um, like shitting out blood every day. No, no, no. Sorry. I meant like, what is the, like, what about it is like, what, I don't know what, what, like, why is it so painful, it's, I guess. So it's, it's like, um, an IV, um, so it's not painful at first. It's not under a scalpel. It's not like they take out my bone right, and put right. another bone in. What they do is they give me an IV and, um, that has someone else's bone marrow in it. I get, I got blasted with chemotherapy. So I have like nothing in my body. And then after the chemo, I come, I basically, you know, my body starts coming back to life, but there, there was there, the chemo blasted all of my old, my own bone marrow away. So when my body kind of comes back, it comes back with this new person's bone marrow. It doesn't come back. And then it grows that bone marrow, kind of like a flower or a tree. And like, if that makes sense, that would be like the analogy I would use. And then, um, in that process, your body is, my body was, um, just experiencing every excruciating pain. It feel, it is the equivalent of having like somebody scrape the sides of your stomach with like a knife. Nice. So, so it's, it's more, it's not the transplant that's painful. It's, you know, it was the month to two months, the 40 days after every day, just like constantly like my life, my life was a walking cannibal corpse song. You know, it was way more intense than a cannibal corpse song. Way more, you know, I didn't come blood, but, uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I wish that probably would have been way easier. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Balance something out there. Uh, yeah, God, that, that sounds, that sounds fucking terrible. Uh, sorry you had to go through it. I mean, I, like, no, 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 dude. I mean, uh, I wanted to live. Sure. Yeah. I, I imagine you get to that point where the pain is worth it, you know? course um i don't know you said most of the record was already written last yes. day of sun yes how much of that experience is in this record um you know it's hard because it became this thing that uh it's hard to answer that because the album became such a distraction mm. to everything i was going through and gotcha. um especially being in the studio it was the first time of like you know, beyond normalcy, beyond things being normal. It was like just lost in work, you know, just constantly finding new sounds, new solos, moving like guitar tone, instead of a faster, like tremolo part, moving it to chords, like doing all those things became such like serious, distracting moments. So it, it was one of those things where next thing you know, I listen back and the album sounds different, you know? It, because I, I'm distracting my mind from all this, this, these horrible things with music and like writing it. Also, you know, the a lot of the lyrics were very depressing at first. And uh, like the original lyric in I'll Find You was, it started off, all of my strength is gone. And, and it turned into like, all that stands in my way. And like, mm-hmm. you know, this, this idea of... Uh, you know, overcoming right. a last day of sun, you know, and survival as opposed to submitting 
to, you know, the sun going out. Like Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. That, that's when, you know, a shift happened. So, and that's when it, uh, those changes were made. Mm, that's very interesting. And that's, that, that's very cool though, to hear, uh, the, that way that it influenced you there, especially lyrically. Um, there's, there's, when I listened to the last day of sun the first time a week, a couple of weeks ago, whenever it was with the promo, I was kind of struck by, it didn't sound like I, I expected it to, which sounds kind of stupid because it still sounds like fuming mouth, but there's, there's a lot, it's way more dynamic than, I was going and expecting like, I don't know if I just lost track of what I expected fuming mouth sounds like, but when I, by the time, like you get to leaving euphoria and I'm like, what the, what the fuck am I even listening to? Like, this is a whole different experience. Listen to the band. I think it's like, I think it's like a really, really good album. Like what, and I know this is like, I'm not blowing smoke, not trying to use any hyperbole, but like what I was doing my, like for the website, I run like, you know, year end list. I was like, this thing's gotta be on it. It's so fucking different and cool and i know it might get simplified sometimes as like death metal but there's no way this is just death metal what what do you call the record what do you call the sound what do you say you play death metal death metal (laughs) because leaving euphoria to me is still i i started looking at everything like death metal like i would look at like a huge dumpster truck making like the loudest noises rusty like dumping i'm like oh that's so death metal like i would say that uh like my friends or whatever, when we're walking by and they would too, it's, it's one of those things where it was like, everything just started seeming death metal. It became more of like less of, uh, you know, um, Oh, morbid angel, something that sounds like, uh, uh, more sound to like, uh, uh, like, Oh dude, that dude just got hit by a car. That's so death metal. And like, <laughs> like that just started, I think that kind of happened in the studio where it was like leaving euphoria is so death metal to me where it's just like these, uh, we use these ugly metal symbols for it covered in like rust and like uh, oxid oxidation and just like it, what looked like mold and just smack. Like, even though it's such like an emotional quiet song without any distortion pedals, mm-hmm. you know, I, I would, I would choke. I would be like, this is the most like death metal thing we could do. <laughs> It's like if we touch those symbols, we're gonna fucking die of like tetanus or something. <laughs> I I like that. I like I like your twist on it. I like yeah. it. That's that's very cool. That's a, you do you feel like you have a whole different outlook on the band on this whole process now that you went through what you did? Absolutely. I mean, I was really shy and like um nervous and 
I, I didn't like being like in center stage. Like that was never an option for fuming mouth. I would, when I started, I wouldn't even face the crowd. I would, I would stay in like sideways and like, uh, I, uh, and then after this, I realized like, or, or I would be on stage left, you know, or stage right. I would never, I never felt like the confidence to do that. And then this time around it, uh, I, I have this like newfound confidence where, I want to be center stage. I want to be the vocalist. I want to be the front man. And, uh, you know, since our first show back December in December, 2022, I started doing that. And, and yeah. Are you going only vocals live? No, no, no. I'm playing guitar in that. Uh, I thought so. Vocals again. Well, would you, is there a point where you go vocals only? No, why not? Um, probably the nervousness that I was like, <laughs> there's like being able to hide behind my guitar is like always it's my, uh, comfort item. You know what I mean? So yeah, sure. vocals only, I would look like an idiot. I'd be flailing my arms <laughs> around. I actually, I probably wouldn't be doing anything. I'd probably be like staring at my shoes, like yeah. something really weird. So like, no, I'll only be doing guitar and vocals. It's as a, I did vocals for a band for a little while and, uh, yeah, it's hard to figure out what to do. I know when, you know, once people figure it out, they, they figure it out, you know, they, they nail it. But, oh, definitely. Uh, when, but there's definitely the, the, the growing pains of just the foot on foot on the monitor, you know, one foot up and kind of just stay stationary. And that's, that's it. But, uh, all right. So you've put out a, a couple singles, couple music videos for two of the tracks already. Um, how much do you, prioritize that part or, or maybe let me let me also add this this is your first record for nuclear blast yeah how has that changed does that have a lot to do with the way this is all being put together and presented and released definitely it absolutely is i mean with triple b it was kind of just like uh it was just like me doing things and then talking to sam about it this time around um you know internally we want we want to do it bigger and we wanted to have bigger music videos and that's when alex schultz came in um Jason who just did uh I'll find you he just did that music video and we wanted to have a, the songs are bigger i mean the grand ascent only has 3 guitar solos this thing has last day of sun has 10 mm-hmm. and um i think maybe more or less I, i'm not sure we recorded songs that never got put onto there so there's a lot of solos that i wrote and recorded and um that go this is the same with the music videos Nice. Well, it's all, it's all very, it seems like you're going a lot bigger. I was talking to, uh, who was it? Um, judiciary, Jake from judiciary. Oh yeah. This year I love him. About when they were putting out the flesh and blood and it just feel like that, this feels like, like you're putting all your shit on the table on this record and really going for it. And likewise oh, yeah. with, with this one, it's, it's, it just feels like you're not giving really much of a fuck about, I, I mean, it's in a good way of what it sounds yeah. like. You're just making what you want to make and it's, it's just, it's big and an incredibly strong record. Thank you. The record, as we said, comes out November 3rd. What are you most looking forward to with the release of it? Um, playing the songs live. There's a song called Burial Grounds on there that I really, I know is the hardest Fuming Mouth song ever. And mm-hmm. uh, I can't wait to play that live. Um, the sign of pain. I can't wait to play live and especially respect and blasphemy too. They, they're, I'm excited for these like songs to really get out there. I, we've really just as much as there's, um, 
moments like uh, leaving euphoria or, you know, something like post-figurement um, that has like a lot of, you know, that br- really steps outside like the normal confines of just like simple death metal and, you know, goes into quintuplets or um, lots of leads, lots of like layers, you know, that there's also uh, we, we've, uh, we, d- we dug Fuming Mouth dug into the band's roots deeper than ever. And, you know, a song like Respect and Blasphemy is so close to like uh, Dismember or something mm-hmm. like that. And uh, I'm really eager to play those songs. Nice. When you play live, what is your favorite type of reaction? What do you want the crowd to be doing? Oh, uh, killing sing each along. other? No, sing along, no, no. sing yeah. along, sing along. Yeah, yeah. The lyrics all day, all day. Yeah. But I can't control them. You know what I mean? That that's crazy. <laughs> I'm you know I'm not uh whatever. I can't control them. You know. But that that's yeah yeah. Like sing the lyrics with me. That's that's why that's why I wrote the songs. Nice. I like that. Cause you know, so I asked, I, I've often asked people that question, like what, what you want to see from the crowd. And I think as like, when, when we're younger, we want to see everybody beating the shit out of each other in whatever way. And then like, it feels like you get a little older, a little wiser. And you're like, well, hold on. Let's like, just have a good time out there. No, I like to see somebody get knocked the fuck out. But like, <laughs> uh, let me tell you that, that I don't know if that's ever going to change, but, um, cause, uh, it still doesn't change the fact that some bands are just like focused on that. And other bands are focused on uh, like the lyrics and our, our band is really focused on the lyrics. Okay. Well, all right. That brings me to another question on as far as reaction last day of some, when someone listens to it, what do you want them to hear? Is there a message? Is there a, uh, I don't know, lyrics. Is there certain things that when somebody listens to the last day of some that you would hope that they would hear or take away from it? Seize the day. You could die tomorrow. That's powerful. I like that. And, uh, you know, you're, you're the man to say it too, you know, cause, uh, here you are. Do you feel like you have any type of responsibility or whatever? I don't know, whatever word you want to play to like push some type of awareness, awareness into like the extreme music scene on, on things like, I don't know, getting tested for cancers or what? I don't know. You know, you tell me. I feel an obligation to do it now. I don't, I, I want, and it's not just in metal, I, across, across the world, whether it's like a stranger I'm talking to, the biggest thing would be uh, to register for be the match.org. That's why I'm alive. I would be dead right now. And, um, you know, we worship dead rock stars. We, we absolutely do. I don't care who, who you want to throw, throw in there, whether it's, uh, someone in the 27 club or whatever. And, um, Dying of cancer is is a real tragedy, and it it's it sucks. And I've had so I've had a lot of friends die in the last year, and a few of them have died due to complications of cancer. Others just you know drinking, just drugs, um, accidents, like things you would never expect. But when it comes to cancer, it's just one of those things. I truly believe you know, from start to finish, you got to fight, you got to fight and uh, you got to, you got to try to survive. And I really urge everyone to sign up for be the match. You get, all you have to do is just, you get your mouth swabbed and you go, you, you go in the registry. And if somebody, um, if you're a match for somebody's bone marrow, say for like me, they need a bone marrow transplant. Um, it's a wicked, simple process. Uh, are you are you signed up for be the match? Do you know 
what I'm talking I about. Think I, I think so. I am actually. Yeah. I think I did it when uh, a friend of mine's kid had had a cancer and you know, that, that got me it's, to do it. It's super common in, in children. It's really, it's really unfair. Uh, I don't want to say super common in children, but first I hear you say that, and, you know, I know, I know a guy who's a kid, I know multiple people whose children have uh, AML and, um, you know, they didn't do anything to deserve that. They, they haven't even oh, had God, enough, man. They I had, haven't a, had enough had a cancer scare with my, we had a cancer scare with my kid earlier this year and really, uh, it was fucking terrifying. Yeah. I'm sorry to hear that. And what I'm saying is they haven't even had enough time on this planet to do something bad to deserve anything, you know? Right. So it's, it's important, I think, to uh, be a part of this, like be the match out or be a part of the registry, because if you are, you just happen to be a match for someone, you could save someone's life and that person could, uh, you know, do something really good. Hmm, that's great. That's a, of course a worthy and great message too. I wanted to ask you about somebody that you, that I knew as well, uh, Pete Kowalski. I had the pleasure of having him on here a couple times before his diagnosis, and yeah. then when he was in, and then when he was in remission as well. And of course, you and I both know since then. Earlier this year, he passed away, and it was just kind of one of those things I woke up to. Um, didn't know, you know, it was back or anything. I know you became friends with him. Tell me about Pete. And making that connection with them. Um, Pete put out a song with his band Ether Coven called uh, Psalm of Cancer. And I was like super triggered by it and was like, who the fuck? Why would you put cancer in your song? That's you're a douchebag. Like, like, who, who do you think you are for doing that? I couldn't believe a band was like, when I see bands use like decapitated, like cancer culture, like I'm really offended by that. Like, you're fucking stupid. Like, I really don't like that. And it's not, I'm not trying to be like a snow, like a snowflake or anything. It's just one of those things where it's like, that's as far as your brain can think. Your album title is called like cancel culture, more like cancer culture. Like you're, you're dumber than a meme with Pete. He actually in ether coven, he had cancer and he, he relapsed and he had to keep getting chemo and he didn't stop for a second. Yeah, I, I was recovering in Fenway and uh, outside of the Red Sox, like a uh, baseball stadium. After the bone marrow transplant, I was talking earlier. You really got to like. It's, it's brutal there. You have to be very safe. You have to be in like a sterile environment because you're just so weak. And I would talk. To, I, I found out this guy actually had cancer from the song and I got in touch with him, DM'd him. Um, I had no idea about his metalcore band remembering never. Like I, I didn't know that was kind of before my time. And like, uh, but he would, he would, he would send me pictures. He would be like, dude, I just got my four Sovtech amps just fixed, fix out my guitar tech. I'm going to go shoot a music video. And then uh, I'm trying to like set this thing up with uh, my other band, Heathen Prayer. And I was like, how, how is this guy who literally just relapsed? How is he doing so much shit? And it was like, Dude, it was this fire under my ass that I can't, I, I really can't put in the words, man. I, I don't know if there's ever been a, a, a man stronger than him that in the face of certain death did not give a fuck and like loved his dog, loved his girlfriend, loved what he did and lived life. That's awesome for you to say that uh, about Pete. I, like I said, and he was going so strong that some of us like myself didn't even know it was, you know, we just woke up and that's what and, I'm saying. That, that's what I'm saying because he was just like, 
it was happening to him. I knew it because him and I became like text pals, like pen pals, but like just strict texting all day long. And because uh, we could just be wicked dark with each other and just talk sure. about like dark shit. And to be honest, he went through way more than I went through. So much more. Like my shit is minuscule compared to his. And uh, he was still doing all this stuff. Yeah, he was supposed to come out to Black Dolly Murder and Terror, the show we... uh. <laughs> We were a part of the opening package for that and uh, in Atlanta and uh, he couldn't make it out because he was at that point, he was just like things were going left. I don't want to use stupid analogies. He was having health. He was having health issues that weren't cancer related due to like things that, you know, the cancer brought about and uh, he couldn't make it out to that show. I, I wish I got to see him. Um, but, you know, rest in peace to one of the the most motivating person I've, I've ever uh, texted with, you know? That's awesome. That's awesome. Rest in peace, Pete. Well, all right. Last thing. Yeah. Uh, what's ahead for Fuming Mouth in the foreseeable future? First thing we're doing is uh, we're going to the UK with this band Celestial Sanctuary. Where, um, we're going to be headlining those shows. We've been trying to go to the United Kingdom for so long. And uh, we finally get to do it. It's so cool. Um, my mom's from Scotland. She moved here, uh, when she was six years old. So, and then my, my aunt even older than that. So, uh, I have family in Glasgow. It's going to be awesome to go over there. Um, then, uh, we're going to do some bigger, some bigger touring in the spring and, um, yeah, just working on, uh, working on the next album right after that.
So there you have it. That was my conversation with Mark Whalen of Fuming Mouth. I want to thank him for his time, for his uh, willingness to share all things, and uh, especially you for taking the time to listen with me. It was a very eye-opening conversation for myself, maybe you as well. A lot of things that he said have stuck with me since we spoke, and I think they will continue to do so. I hope the same for you. Um, wishing him and the band all the success in the world. Again, I stress this album deserves all the recognition that it gets. Last Day of Sun out November 3rd on Nuclear Blast Records. They are going out on a tour. I don't know the dates exactly, but it's relatively soon. It's in November and December, I believe. And that tour is headlined by Devil Master and also includes Final Gasp featuring Getting It Out podcast alumni Jake Murphy. And of course, Fuming Mouth, they're going to be all over the U.S. Go find them. Go check them out. Enjoy that show. That's a really interesting lineup for that tour. A few different styles there. All very dark. You should check it out if you can. It's a Friday, which means there's plenty of things for you to check out. It's new release day. If you head over to gettingitout.net, you're going to see a fresh new list for you to check out. There's things off the wall, in the wall, in the house, on your bed, wherever you want them to be. There are new releases. You can go hard New Jersey hardcore with Bayway. You can go extreme death metal with Broader from Denmark. You can go uh, Long Island Hardcore, Crime, Crime and Stereo has a new one, House and Trance. That's, you didn't see that one coming. Recent Getting It Out guest, Will Putney, debuts End, their new record, The Sin of Human Frailty. Uh, there's a new one from Farsoth. You can't handle that one. Don't even bother listening to that. Graven Dagger on Regain Records is their self-titled record. I listened to this one the other day. Super cool. Speaking of grave bands, Gravesend has Gowanus Death Stomp out on 20 Bucks Spin, who continues to release the best records in the world. And the one I'm anticipating most today is Howling Giants Glass Future. It's out on Magnetic Eye Records. I'm waiting for that sweet, sweet pre-order to arrive. And I can't wait to put that one on the turntable. If Metalcore is your thing, try Mouth for War. They got a new one called Bleed Yourself on Monarch Heavy. Dave Niebuhr, you might know him from Dog Eat Dog. He's got his uh, experimental thing coming out today it's called Starfields. that's very cool couple live albums as well if you like that death metal obscura's got a new one nebula if you're into the stoner shit death metal even more the plague erosion of gods somebody's really jacking up this one telling me it's the best if you like that radio style metalcore how about sentinels they got a new one called in limbo the song that i played in the beginning thanamagus their line weight ep is out today on carbonized records and there's just a whole bunch more Wayfair. Don't forget about that one. And the highly anticipated new one from Year of the Knife as well. I didn't go through the whole list, but damn it, I nearly did. So if you want to see what I missed out on or what I missed telling you, go to gettingitout.net. Check out what's going on there. I should end this thing. We need to end this thing. It's gone on long enough. I want to thank you for your patience, for your time, for being part of Getting It Out podcast. That is my favorite thing to share new stuff with you. And I want to thank you for being part of it. And again, Mark, for helping along the way. I'm going to play you a song from Fabocosm. I feel like I'm always saying that band name wrong. Is it Phobocosm? Is it Fabocosm? I'm not sure. But they got a new record called Foreordained. It's coming out in Dark Descent Records. And they have a new single that's a little bit long. So I put it here at the end. But I think it's worth 
hearing is called Infomorph. You can get the full album December 8th, or you can just listen to this track over and over until then and for the rest of your life. Thank you for listening. Bye-bye.
Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.